The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio. And I'd like to say hello to all our good friends listening to us once again on AM 1600 KOHI in the beautiful state of Washington. If you would like to uh, send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out all about the great programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just visit www.xzbn.net. Speaking about the Exxon Broadcast Network, my guest this hour is Gwilda Wiecka. She is the host of The Science of Magic. And I decided that I'd bring Gilda on to uh, talk to her about something that she is going to be doing in the month of March. It is a... Well, why don't we bring Gwilda on and let her discuss it. Hey, Gwilda, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing, Rob? Good. How are things in the good old Rocky Mountain High state of Colorado tonight? Well, it's cold, it's snowy, and it's rocky. I know a girl like that once, but that's for another show. (laughs) Tell us about your spring equinox uh, getaway. Okay. Well, I'll I'll go back into ancient history, at least my ancient history. Um, I've studied shamanism for a long time, and I've mm-hmm. studied a lot of different um, uh, divinations of shamanism worldwide. And I found years ago that they all had several, you know, a lot of things in common, but one of them was some form of recalibrating people with the the cycles of the earth and the cycles of the stars. And um, there's been um, everything from, usually the spring equinox is when a lot of them are, are right. orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feathered serpent in uh, Mexico, it's a pyramid where the, when the sun comes up at the equinox, it leaves a shadow um, going up the side of the pyramid. Uh, the, the Neolithic mounds in Ireland, the door the f- frames the sun on the morning of the equinox. The sphinx faces the sun on the rising sun on the equinox. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on and on. And the Celtics celebrate the same way with their mounds and this and that. And I often wondered about what the meaning of that was. And then years ago, I met with a, with a um, I believe he was in Arapaho. Uh, his name was Benny Lebu. His uh, formal name was Blue Thunder. And he was uh, drawn to do ceremony across the country to stabilize uh, Yellowstone, because Yellowstone was getting grumpy. Right. And um, he did these earth activations, and I helped him with the ones in uh, Wyoming and Colorado. To, to do the activation. And you don't activate the earth. What you're doing is you're recalibrating the people so that they're not working against the way life works energetically. 
And that really brought my curiosity up. And as we've moved into these more volatile times, I've done some real serious work around it and realized we need to recalibrate people with the way life works with the earth so that we can start working with nature instead of against her because we're really kind of hitting critical times with so many people on the planet and so much stress on the planet and so much stress on people. Mm -hmm. So I was driven to uh, create these ceremonies, and these are uh, based on the tried and true principles found in all shamanic practices, but it's living ceremony for today, whereby I teach people how to do what we call the medicine wheel ceremony. In other words, there's a ceremony you use to recalibrate yourself, your family, with the the way the planet works. And that really is very, a lot of personal empowerment can come from that. But also, every time anyone does it, wherever they are, they're rebalancing the planet, kind of like setting up a grid, if you will, an energetic grid, whereby things can come into back, back into balance. And it's like putting up a radio station. And if you send out a radio signal, mm-hmm. then radios are going to pick it up. So if you, if you put up a station or set a medicine wheel in, in your particular location, then um, the people around can benefit from it if they so choose, just kind of automatically attune. Okay, I understand that to a point. But if we're talking about radio stations, in order for you to listen to the radio station, you have to know the exact frequency of the station that you want to listen to. How does the earth attune itself, or how do humans attune themselves to the exact frequency that's required? Okay, well, the surface of the planet usually runs about 7.5 hertz, okay? Uh, But it varies a little bit. Mm -hmm. The frequency that we're talking about is the one that's coming in through the North Pole and out through the South. Uh, Every place the Earth's uh, helios, the Earth's electromagnetic field crosses that of the sun, the frequency uh, that the sun's heliosphere is bumping into now is being fed to the Earth. And purportedly, we're in a higher frequency part of the galaxy, and that's why we're seeing all this higher frequency things going on. In other words, we say, well, there's global warming, but you know, all the other planets in the solar system are warming as well. So we're definitely going into a higher frequency time. There's a lot of scientific evidence of this as well. What's the the scientific evidence about the other planets warming up as well? I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to think of the scientist that spoke of this. He's also the one that, he was a Russian scientist, or is a Russian scientist, and he's the one that's done studies on the excitation of the plasma on the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere that then feeds into the sun and through that feeds into the interplanetary Mm. space. Interesting. And he's he's the one that's done the most research on it, and he said that, yes, uh, the, the entire solar system is being affected, not just the Earth. Now, the Earth more so, probably, because we've got all the global warming things going on from the fossil fuels. But there's evidence that other planets are, are heating up, that the whole system is kind of going into a higher frequency What What's causing the heat up? The sun's heliosphere being bombarded by higher frequency, where it's moving through the galaxy, exciting the plasma on the leading edge of the sun, and then that directs it through the electromagnetic field of the sun into it back into itself. Well, the sun heliosphere surrounds the entire solar system. Is there and an so electromagnetic the entire solar system? Is there an electromagnetic field around the sun? Yes, there sure is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So does this mean it's just our solar system that is that is? Um, experiencing this uh, warm-up, or is it the other solar systems within the Milky Way? I am not a real expert on telling you that, because I haven't been out there, but mm-hmm. um, I know that it's specific to where where our solar system is moving right now. I would suspect, you know, everything out there spins and turns around in cycles, and I would expect expect that various other suns move through the same area in the Milky Way galaxy and experience the same thing at different times. And I know that that's what the uh, um, 
uh, Mayan calendar mm -hmm. actually mapped was the relative positioning of the sun and the different influences of the ages uh, accordingly. But we've seen, uh, and time has proven this, that the Mayan calendar itself was a big fizz-out. Our interpretation of the Mayan calendar was a fizz-out, mm -hmm. but it's still the most accurate calendar uh, that we know. I, I understand that, but, you know, there was a lot of hype put on the end of the end of the world, this, that, and the other thing, and all that happened was, as the Mayans told us when we were down in, um, in Honduras and in Belize, was, hey, you take your calendar off the wall every year and put up a new one, we do it in so many thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you. I was never one thinking there was yeah. going to be an end of the earth or the end of the time, mm -hmm. but it was the end of an era, just like removing the calendar from the wall in 2017 gotcha. and putting up a new one in 2018. The same cycles do reoccur, but they're never the same exactly. And I think we're going into a new time based on the seasons, except they're more overlording seasons of ages versus years. Interesting. Interesting. So you think that this is more than a global phenomenon, but a solar phenomenon, and if not, a universal phenomenon? I know it's certainly a solar phenomenon, and I know it's cyclic, and therefore probably it's a spot in our, in our, solar, in our solar system. It's a spot in our galaxy, and that would make sense because we do spin that other uh, suns and uh, stars with the planets around them would move through it during their times as well. So tell us a little bit. We've got about two minutes before I have to go to my break. Uh, just give us a teaser about what this event is going to be in Colorado, where it's going to be, for example. Uh, it's going to be outside of Allen's Park up in the Rocky Mountains. Um, and that's not too far from uh, Denver International Airport. There's shuttle service there. It's a retreat up there, uh, dormitory style. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is learn how to create, to build, to activate a, uh, an actual medicine wheel that's an earth, an earth anchor, basically, so that we can recalibrate ourselves to what's going on with the earth at this time. And then we're going to charge stones for people, and they can take those home and recreate it at their homes. And that starts to spread this uh, rebalancing. Charge stones. How do you charge the stones? You know how crystals work, right? Mm. Yes and no. Refresh my <laughs> well, memory. You're in, you're in radio. You can program them, right? Well, not so anymore. You, Everything is done through uh, silicone chips now. Yeah, I know. I'm giving my age away, right? <laughs> um, so basically, once you've set the uh, medicine wheel to the directions, mm -hmm. each direction holds a particular frequency. Now, you use a, a magnetic compass to find north. Right. All right, but then the other ones are set to their south, east, and west, or set to their directions. Then you place, uh, you clear a crystal, and you place them each um, on each of the directions for the person to then take home, so that oh, they're cool. calibrated to that medicine wheel, and they can reset it at their home. Most of the work, though, is done with intent and ceremony. Gotcha. All right, stand by, Wilda. You and I have to take our first break. Exxon Nation, Wilda Wiak is our special guest this hour, www.thescienceofmagic. Dot com and www.findyourpathhome.com. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. We'll be back on the other side of these commercial breaks in three minutes. So for whatever you do, do not go away. I'll be right back.
ancients knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the earth and her cycles to our extreme detriment. The medicine wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shaman worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Gwelda Wiecka, at the Galactic Shamanism Retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact Touch In at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. If you enjoy reading a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love From Out of the Woodwork by William S. Peckham. Sean Kennedy, a Toronto contractor, buys derelict houses, guts them, and turns them into multi-family dwellings. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, a century house in ruins, and starts the renovation, the house fights back. He is visited by ghosts of owners past, his visions are triggered by touching an oak mantle, reading a faded letter, opening an old locket, or opening a brand new casket in the basement. These visions will take you on a trip across southern Ontario from Niagara Falls to Toronto to Kingston. From Out of the Woodwork is now available in paperback and on your favorite electronic reader. To order your copy of From Out of the Woodwork, go to www.williamspeckham.com. That's www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about the Spring Equinox event that is being held March the 18th through the 22nd in the beautiful Rocky Mountains of the state of Colorado. Uh, you're, you know, you can join Gwilda Wiecka, uh, who is the host of the Science of Magic here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And um, first of all, Gwilda, welcome to the Exxon. You know, you and I are old friends from way back when. And um, I thought this would be the perfect opportunity for you to tell our listeners on this side of the radio dial about your event that you're holding on March the 18th through the 22nd. I, I, all right, so crystals are involved, uh, charging up the, the rocks that you're going to be sending home with these people. Maybe we should tell our listeners what a magic circle is. Okay. Um, um, a medicine wheel um, is basically um, a ceremony, but it's built out of stones, 
in um, alignment with the uh, magnetic north mm-hmm. and then south, east, and west, and center. And all traditions work with uh, one form or another of the medicine wheel. They call it casting a circle in a lot of traditions. Even if you look at the Celtic cross, you know, the Catholic cross, it has a cross with a circle around it. The same thing. It's a medicine wheel. And basically, in ancient times, it was a way for people to orient themselves with the electromagnetic field of the planet. Because we have an electromagnetic Mm -hmm. field around us in the shape of a torus. The planet has an electromagnetic field around it. And if we are conscious to realign ourselves with the electromagnetic field of the planet, we're supported by the electromagnetic field of the planet. And if we start to wobble, get off balance, like, gosh, most of us are never outside anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have artificial light and everything else. And so we really lose connection. And our lives are no longer supported. Oh, okay, but what is the origin of the magic wheel? Where does it come from? That's a real mystery. There's a big one up at the big one up at the Bighorn Medicine Wheel, and mm-hmm. it's in uh, Wyoming, and it's now called the Medicine uh, Mountain National Historic Landmark. But no indigenous people have, have publicly claimed having built the thing. Um, during negotiations to include the Bighorn Medicine Wheel into the registry for the Natural Historic Landmark and Sacred Sites, yeah. the Crow stated that the wheel was already present when they came into the area. And so oral history from several indigenous nations set the Bighorn Medicine Wheel as already existing, having been built by what they called ancient ancestors or people without iron. And that's the case in a lot of these. They've been, they, they are sold. You see some of them that are, you know, baited back 40,000, 50,000 years as near as they can tell. But because they're built with natural stone on the ground, all they can do is hope for some debris under the stone that they can carbon date. Do we know, you know, was it, was the, uh, the medicine wheel, does it originate in North America? Does it originate in Europe? Do we have any idea? They're found all over, including in Australia. Hmm. So some form or another of these these um, structures designed to orient people with the planet are found all over. Even the Sphinx is considered to be one to a certain extent because it's built to face the sunrise on, on the spring equinox. Well, wasn't everything built uh, way back when to face the sunrise? No, not everything. Uh, but certainly sacred geometry and mm-hmm. earth uh, electromagnetics was considered um, in the structure of all the sacred uh, sites oh. on the planet as, as far back as recorded history. Even teepees were set with the, with the doors facing east in most traditions. When you say most traditions, um, are, are you talking about the ways of the, North, the Native American and Native Canadian tribes? Yes, yes, okay. the uh, the uh, first tribes in Canada and the Native Americans here. Now, not all of them used yeah. teepees, but those that did, most of them had the the door facing the east with the sunrise. I remember doing a paper on Celtic crosses years ago, and, and if my memory serves me correct, I, I I was led to believe that the circle in the Celtic cross signified the halo of Christ. Yes, it, it does. And you'll see that that same shape is um, in a lot of the icons of Christ yeah. as well. But if you think about it, he was empowered by nature, by life. So it would stand to reason that his halo would be like the earth halo, like the sun halo. But how can you say he was empowered by life when Christians, Catholics, believe that he was empowered by God? To me, that's the same thing. How did you reach that Conclusion. Well, 
I think it's from from studying so many different religions and so many different shamanic traditions and coming to the realization that I believe in one absolutely overlording power that mm-hmm. is the composite of everything. I don't necessarily, it's kind of limiting to see it as somebody in the sky with a beard throwing lightning bolts. Um so, so when I, you know, the, when I see halos and mm-hmm. auras and this sort of thing in drawings, right. I see that to represent the the alignment, the attunement that this person had with all that is. So basically, we're talking about interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was reading some of the material that you have on your website, um, findyourpathhome.com, as well as on thescienceofmagic.com, and and. Something something grabbed my attention. I'm just trying to find it here. Something about totems. What are totems? Mm-hmm. Are, are they like um, the totem poles that we're all familiar with? No, totem poles are stacks of totems. Oh, I see. <laughs> How do you stack your totems? Very uh, carefully. Very yeah. carefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, totems are archetypical representations of different divinations of frequency or power. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a scientific way of stating it. But basically... You know, uh, on, on a simplistic level, we say, oh, I've got a totem, it's an animal, or mm-hmm. there, there's Zeus is, in my, is my uh, helping spirit. But really, um, when you want to get down to it, <laughs> what shamanism is, is frequency mastery. And when you have a frequency imbalance, the, the shamanic practitioner is to bring in the counterbalance. And that counterbalance is represented by animal totems, archetypes, gods, goddesses, etc. So... In that writing, I'm saying how people will journey to find... First, they learn to journey. I teach them to journey so they can get their own information. I'm big on personal empowerment. And then the next thing they do is they journey to find their personal totem or representation for each direction. And what that what they're actually getting is an energy or frequency correction to align them with that direction. And it comes represented by a particular archetype in the imagination. Okay, I found that uh, piece of paper I was looking for. Thanks, Craig. Um, what is shamanic journeying? That's really fun. Shamanic journeying is different from meditation. Meditation is in consciously calming the mind in order to be available for information. Mm-hmm. Shamanic journeying is actually a little more active. Um, it, it accesses information at the quantum level. But the quantum level information doesn't make sense to the linear mind. So an, a metaphor is painted in the imagination, just like an interactive dream, to represent the push and pull of what's going on or what's about to go on at the quantum level of life. Um, it's an altered state of consciousness that's measurable and reproducible. So when I go into a shamanic trance, and I use drums to kind of help me focus, I go through a particular ritual that, you know, just it's a, it's a discipline to help me get there. Mm-hmm. And my brain waves have been measured to drop to 7.5 hertz every time and then up that in, 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 into beta and then on into theta. But I stay conscious and it's interactive so right, I can now, remember the dream. Now, for our listeners, what is the significance of beta and theta? Oh, okay. Um, so, um, beta, I'm sorry, beta is our waking time. I misspoke that. Beta is our waking time. Like mm-hmm. right now, I'm probably okay. in beta. Okay. When you drop into alpha, you're going towards the dream state. And theta is the deep, deep dream state where you normally don't remember. The shamanic journey is a, a method by which you can use a ritual or a ceremony to 
intentionally shift your brain waves into these altered states so that you can access esoteric information or dream information, if you will, in metaphoric form. Then you write it down, interpret it, and you have some pretty darn accurate answers. It's pretty amazing. You said something a few minutes ago, and I, and I was trying to jot it down as you were saying it. You said, if, you know, something about quantum does not make sense to the linear mind. Yeah, quantum, the quantum field is very, very unified, and, and protons and electrons and neutrons are popping in and out of existence okay. there. It doesn't operate like our ordinary reality world. So, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If it does not exist like our ordinary world, how did the people who say it's there actually discover it if what quantum is doesn't, doesn't make sense to the linear mind? Well, that's why we have our imaginations, I believe, Rob, is because, you know, we, we've dis, dis invalidated them and discredited them. Mm -hmm. But just about everybody's had deja vu and then had it happen. Just about everybody's had a dream and then the next day recognize it going on. Um, time and space, the linear mind holds to what our agreed upon time and space is. But that doesn't mean that's our only perception. And by actively accessing the imagination, we can access the rest of our perception. That's where intuition can come in and all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff. That is mm -hmm. fun stuff, isn't it? How long <laughs> have you been doing this? Because, you know, whenever I talk to you about this, it, it just seems so natural for you. <laughs> well, I kind of came this way, but I've been doing it over 40 years, teaching it close to 30 now. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. And, and I would imagine you've seen a lot of changes in the world uh, from a spiritual side. I really have. Um, you know, from, from when I was a uh, young girl, my grandmother mm -hmm. raised me some of the time, and she was, you know, a devout um, uh, Church of Christ Christian. Right. And uh, terrified of, of musical instruments, and uh, gosh forbid if she would ever wear nail polish or lipstick. And, oh, gosh. Uh, you know, you can't dance and all that yeah. stuff. But she firmly got her solstice and her um, comfort from her concept of God and Jesus. And now I see people, as we're expanding, as the, the Internet is expanding mm -hmm. our horizons, it's expanding our, our knowledge base, we're expanding our viewpoints. And I think that that's a wonderful thing because it never hurts to have a bit broader picture of how life works. I don't think it's invalidating God, but rather broadening Him. All right, dear friend, please stand by. You and I have to take our next commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. ExoNation, Gwilda Wiak is our special guest. www.thescienceofmagic.com and www.findyourpathhome.com. Mark this on your calendar, ExoNation. March 18th through March 22nd in beautiful Rocky Mountain, Colorado, the 2018 Spring Equinox Medicine Wheel Earth Activation Training by Gwilda, and we'll be talking more about that when we come back from this break. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. 
Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. ancients knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the earth and her cycles to our extreme detriment. The medicine wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shamans worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, at the Galactic Shamanism Retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact Touch In at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Excellent. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to find out what's available on the Exxon Broadcast Network, 24-7, 365, visit us online at www.xzbn.net, and you can get the latest edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Gwilda Wiak is our special guest for this hour. She is the hostess with the mostess. She, um, she's the lady behind the microphone during the Science of Magic that has aired Monday through Sunday right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Just go to our broadcast schedule. That's at xzbn.net. Find out when Gwilda will be able to be heard on xzbn.net. I, during, during the information read that I, that I did, there, there's a lot of traveling and journeying that you're going to be taking your group on between March the 18th and 22nd. There's uh, shamanic journeying. You're going to take them to the shamanic realm. Rediscovering the healing journey. And there, that's only three. Don't you get tired of all this traveling? 
Well, of course, it's traveling in non-ordinary reality. Your body stays put for the most Mm -hmm. part. However, yes, it can be tiring because you're coming in and out of different states of consciousness. So I'm I'm a good girl. I restrict myself to giving my my people three journey assignments a day. But it's it's really fun. It's fun to share. It's fun to compare notes. It's Mm -hmm. fun to see how similar the information is that comes back. How would you describe the the journey process to somebody who's just listening to us now for the first time anywhere between here and Australia and anywhere else in the world the show is heard, that you are going to be taking them on a journey. Not a physical journey, but a spiritual journey? Yes, that's a good way of putting it. It's a journey of consciousness. And so basically, you know how you go to sleep and you dream. Um, you come back and you've had some adventures, and if, if you're sharp enough to write it down, you can look back at it and go, wow, I was processing this, or mm-hmm. that happened later on, or whatever. Well, this is uh, an organized set of rituals that helps you access that information at will. And so what it looks like is we put on headsets, or, or, or I drum, just depending on which way we're trying to do it. I train people both ways so they can go home and use their headsets with drumming in the CD or an MP3. And then there's a procedure that you follow that I teach. And that procedure actually helps you consciously drop your brain waves mm. and have an interactive dream. You can bilocate. You can literally do remote viewing uh, when you get really, really good at it. So it's the basis behind a lot of different things. So your awareness does travel. It travels into the dreamscape. Or if you stay in what we call middle world, this, time, this reality, but outside of time and space, you can actually do remote viewing. You also say that the, the people who will be attending will leave with um, recovered wisdom, knowledge, totems, and changed directional stones. Wow. So, so tell me, what is, what is the recovered wisdom? Well, the recovered wisdom is, is multiple leveled. One is the recovered wisdom of how to access your own inner knowing. And to me, if I teach, no, if, if I teach nothing else... Mm-hmm. Having a person have access to their own inner knowing and ability to translate it gives them guidance uh, in their earth walk, if you will, that they don't have any other way. Most people, they, uh, they, get a, they call a psychic or they, you know, they, they read a farmer's almanac or they want to find some way of figuring out the future. And right now, our future is kind of unprecedented. Things are changing so quickly. But if I can teach someone a skill that they can then use for the rest of their lives to access information about what's about to happen in their world mm-hmm. and or find their sweet spot within that. They've given them the world right there. And it's not a difficult thing. I can teach it in a day. And that's ancient, ancient wisdom. The journey trance is common to every shamanic practice across the ages as far as we know, and that's 50,000, 60,000 years worth. Why did you decide to get into this wonderful uh, profession you're in? Self-preservation. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> I, I came kind oh, of, my gosh. Uh, well, not kind of, very sensitive. Uh-huh. And I was, I was bombarded by everybody's everything. I was bleeding in and out of different levels of reality. Um, a lot of our kids are coming that way now. You know, we see them as ADD, ADHD, or autistic, or whatever. But really, this bleed-through of information is very problematic. And by the time I was in, in college, I, I was just overwhelmed. I, my adrenals were on high. I was mm-hmm. frying. And that's when I met my first teacher. And he taught me how to find the volume knob on my gift. And so, like I said, it was self-preservation. But then I started finding all the other 
amazing benefits for, you know, I was there all the time, needed a way to stay back and stay grounded. Other people need a way to find this information so they can have, uh, you know, reliable information to live their lives by. So besides what you just said about information to help live their lives by, what would our listeners walk away with? How will going to your retreat change their life? Well, empowerment again. Okay. So we're talking about the journey work and getting information. Mm-hmm. That's, that's extremely empowering. Um, but it, we're also talking about ceremonies, living ceremonies that help you align with the way life works and empower your life and your intent with the power of the earth, with the power of the universe. So that you're in alignment with the way life works. Manifestation becomes easier. Your intent moves into the world easier. It, you just really evolve in so many ways by this simple practice. All the hard work that you and other frequency masters around the world are, are doing to try and make this a better place to live in and, and to get everybody grounded again and on the same page. With all the negativity that is going on, how, how, do, you, how do you look at winning that battle? Well, what gives me hope is, one, once again, something from physics. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in, in, in college. There was a study being done with sound. And I love sound because sound is a frequency, and, and frequency acts the same across the board, just, you know, different degrees. So sound is a frequency. It's a mechanical wave. It needs a medium through which to propagate. So they take a sound chamber where, it's, in other words, it's so padded that it's totally silent. Right. They sound a single tone at a particular volume. Now, you're a musician. You get this. If you sound that exact same volume, the opposite wavelength, you're going to get silence. True. It's going to, it's if, going to damper each other out. Exactly. If you sound that exact same tone mm-hmm. twice at the exact same volume, you get well more than, um, than twice the volume. It increases exponentially. And I can't tell you how many times. We could look it up, but I don't know off the top of my head. That gives me hope. In other words, if we can master frequency, which we absolutely can, that's mm-hmm. what our chakra systems are about, you know, we, we have much more impact on the um, electromagnetic world than we recognize. We can put out the opposite frequency of something that's negative and cancel it out, or we can enhance the beneficial frequencies of what we're trying to do in the world by coming together in agreement. And that's what you do when you do ceremony. You come together in agreement and agree that we're going to maintain or reestablish balance for the people there and for those that care to participate. And so that's that's the power of ceremony. That's the power of prayer. It's just like sound. Yeah, but when you turn the volume up on one frequency and it out blares the other frequency or the other tone or the other note, the loudest tone, note, or frequency is going to win. So my question, I guess, is with all the negativity in the world, and at any given time, this is just my opinion, there's a lot more negativity in this world than there is positive. How will those people who practice using drumming and, and trying their very best to get the positive out there, how do they succeed over the negativity? Well, there's a couple things working to our advantage. Mm-hmm. One of them is what, what they call the hundredth monkey theory, and I'm sure you're aware of that one. And that's where anthropologists were studying monkeys on these isolated islands, same, mm-hmm. same species of monkeys. And at one point, one monkey decided it was going to, this particular behavior, it washed its fruit before it ate it. Never had they seen a monkey do that before. And pretty soon, monkey see, monkey do, monkeys around that one are doing the same thing. 
And by the time it reached, I don't know if it was actually the hundredth, but supposedly the hundredth monkey, anthropologists on other islands totally isolated from this island started observing the same behavior in their monkeys. So there was something going on there, okay? The other thing that we have going for us is that as we're moving into the Aquarian age, as we're moving according to the Mayan calendar into this uh, fifth world, if you will, the frequencies that are being supported are the more unified positive ones. That's what nature is supporting. Now, in the age of um, Aquarius, excuse me, in the age of uh, Pisces, Mm -hmm. Christ was born. In the age of Pisces, Hitler was born. So there's always the good, the bad, and the ugly. But how do, but it, what's it, being could, it, could this just be coincidence? If it's coincidence, how does that equate into the formula? If it's consistent coincidence, if you, if you will, if it's consistent, just like the, the, the tone in the sound chamber, you can repeat that. You can, you can reproduce that every time. That might be coincidence, but if you reproduce it every time, it suddenly becomes something a little stronger than coincidence. Okay, it, the sound chamber, I, I understand the basics behind it, but of course you can repeat it because you know what the frequency is, right? Mm-hmm. So where, how does that play in? You mean by the individual being able to reproduce it? Yeah. Okay. So this gets a little complicated, but I'll, I'll make short of it. Okay. Our chakric systems um, are... The, the system by which we manage frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, they're represented by colors, they're represented by tones. It's all about frequency. And every thought or intent we put into the world actually initiates a particular frequency combination from the chakras in order to push it out into the world. You say, oh, I could feel that in my gut, or my heart goes out to you, or, you know, there's all these things that you've heard over and over and over again. We're actually doing it all the time. Now we can become conscious of it and cooperate with each other and life. What's the difference between frequency and energy? Uh, the sa- I think they're the same, different forms of the same thing. I think energy is a broader statement, maybe. Frequency, there's lots of different, well, various kinds of frequency. They're all energy. Listen, well, just, uh, just stand by, my dear. You and I, I was so involved <laughs> in this conversation. We've got to take a break. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. 
Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the earth and her cycles to our extreme detriment. The medicine wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shaman worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, at the Galactic Shamanism Retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact TouchIn at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. And welcome back, everyone. This is the final segment of this hour, and our guest is the one and only Gwilda Wiecka. She is the hostess of the show that that so many people write us about here at the Exxon Broadcast Network, how much they love Gwilda and her show and the great guests she brings on. To listen to past episodes, just go to www.thescienceofmagic.com. And to, for all the information on the courses, and everything else that Gwilda does, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. You know, Gwilda, I love asking you questions because the answers are always there. You know, yeah. gosh, I, I've been doing this so long that, you know, when you, you know when somebody is being as honest as they can be when the answers come back so flawlessly like yours do. I, you know, and, and, you know, people love listening to you, and I know that you're touching a lot of hearts around the world. Oh, thank you, Rob. That's that's the only thing that really matters, isn't it? Is touching others. Uh, apparently, they don't like that in the White House. But <laughs> you devil, you. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bring the worst out in me, woman. <laughs> that's what I'm for, right? Yeah. Listen, Exo uh, Nation. If you'd like to partake in this three-day event, the uh, I would imagine this is going to be the first annual. Yes, this is the first annual. We uh, did an earlier Mm -hmm. medicine wheel training in Brazoria, Texas, um, uh, several months back, and it was to work for the last year's uh, solstice ceremony. Uh, And it was very, very lovely, very successful. A lot of wonderful people came together and did some great work. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so let me see if I've got this straight. The accommodations are dormitoria, dormitoria. Let's try this again. Dormitory <laughs> style residential retreat at Sunshine Mountain Lodge near Allen's Park, Colorado. Uh, brain wants to go one way, mouth wants to go the other way, and who the hell knows where they're going to end up. All right, that features healthy home cooked meals with non dairy, non gluten options available upon request. I'm sorry, Exonation, there is no Bigfoot meat available. 
Uh, dinner of arrival uh, uh, on the night that you get there, which is uh, March the 18th, and breakfast uh, on the day of the departure, three uh, the uh, 22nd of March. Shuttle service is available from Denver International Airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I've got to do it. All right, what shuttle is it? Atlantis? Is it the Challenger? <laughs> I knew this was Okay, uh, so let's get past that. Check-in is at... At 3 p.m. Mountain Time on the uh, 18th of March. Classes begin the 18th of March at 4 p.m. Mountain Time in the Main Lodge. Cost $899 per person. Deposit of $340 is required. Registration deadline is March the 2nd. Sign-up is limited. So um, just go to Gwilda's page. Uh, I think it's on both of your sites, right, Gwilda? Or? Yes, it sure is on the front page of both sites. Okay. And uh, there's a um, sign-up now, I think, or register button. Just click on mm-hmm. that, and uh, Gwilda's Magic does the rest. Uh, yeah, I, I was reading that, and I saw I saw Shuttle, and I had to go, oh, geez, I can't. <laughs> Do you know how hard it was for me not to try and come up with a plug for the Shuttle? I can only imagine. Especially at an airport. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the most favorite part about the work you do? To me, empowering people. And I also work with children, and that's mm-hmm. really my favorite part because they come wired to do this until we train them not to. And so it's like when I, when I see these new kids coming in and I realize as we teach them this stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's just true to their nature. They never forget. I, I brought my kids up this way, and they're powerful human beings, and they're balanced, and they're loving um, because they, they work with the way life works. They don't, they don't sweat the small stuff. And the newer ones coming in, it's like, this, this is our future. This is our future. And if they, let's face it, we're living on this planet. Shouldn't we learn how to live with it? I, I agree. I agree. Here's a question that, I, that I'm sure you get asked all the time. If this is so powerful and it's ancient knowledge, why was it forgotten? And why do we have to relearn it? Well, we don't, we're conditioned out of it. It's very true to our nature. If you watch, again, young children, their imaginations run wild. And they're literally, you know, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they try mm-hmm. on this profession and they try on that thing in their imaginations when they're doing make-believe together. And what they're actually doing is building a matrix at the quantum level of life for their lives to form around. And if how many people that just had a real passion for something from when they were very young don't end up going into that in that line of work um you know it's just amazing to watch and if we don't stifle it it'll automatically grow but once again we're having to overcome the fact that Mm -hmm. we've been conditioned out of it but playing the devil's advocate here um the role that a child takes later on in life isn't it also influenced by their parents absolutely absolutely it is and that's why it's so important i think for parents to really recognize is that, yeah, you know, our job is to help them learn to live in this matrix we call reality. And, and, our, and our bigger job is mm-hmm. to help them reconcile that with their natural gifts and talents. And that's the one thing that, you know, the old <laughs> spare the rods, spoil the child, not, not that I don't think that's a good, good idea sometimes, mind you, but just the old way of bringing kids up to make good people out of them involved breaking their natural imagination, breaking their natural playfulness and um, experimentation and saying, well, that's lovely, dear, but the harsh realities are, right? I don't know Um, about that. I I wasn't like that with my children. 
I supported. No, I can the, imagine you would I, not I, have been. I, I supported them in any decision that they took. You know, and I was I was there to play with them and be part of of any decision that they've made. Um, I and I, I do agree that a lot of parents today need a good reality check. Like you just don't plunk your kid down in front of a uh, mm. in front of a game or something and let him go Yahoo away and let's have fun. I think that right. children need to be guided. And I think that the edu- educational system as well needs a revamping. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a dance. It's a dance. And the needs of our children today, the needs of our planets today, mm-hmm. is, the planet today is much different than it has been historically. And yet, those ancient skills can aid us in making that transition, I believe. All right. So people um, are going to go and meet with you and do this wonderful uh, spring equinox. Um, why did you choose the spring equinox, not the summer, the fall, or winter? Oh, okay. Well, actually, I've uh, been drawn to do the spring equinox, the summer solstice, the fall equinox, and the winter solstice. And that's the Celtic tradition is to work with all four of those seasons because that's where balance is. And each season represents a different frequency or it supports a different thing. And if you think of the planting, the way plantings work, you plant in the spring, you tend in the summer, you harvest in the fall, you store in the winter, and compost. And those principles hold to everything that we try to create in our life. By working with the energies in their season, we can align to those energies and then apply them any time in our life. So in other words, if I have to wait to the spring to start all my projects, I'm going to be real busy in the spring and dead in the water the rest of the year. So the advanced form of this is learning how to work with those different energies and how to bring them into any project at any time. How many people is your max on this? Because, you know, I know, I know space is limited. Right, yeah. Um, there's 27 beds. I'm probably going to hold it to about 20 people. So, ExoNation, if you're, if you're serious and you want to learn, if you want to make a positive change, not only in your life, but helping the people around the world, Gula, what's the best way for them to do it? Well, I would, I would certainly invite them to come to this because they can take this home wherever they are and affect a change in their lives and the lives around them just by mm-hmm. doing the practice. So, again, uh, it's on both of my websites if you wanted to sign up. It's on uh, um, thescienceofmagic.net and findyourpathhome.com. All right. Tell us a little bit about your show now. Oh, I love my show. Um, the Science of Magic, it, it was just very inspiring for me because one of the two things that I love in this world are science and magic. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that by bringing the two together, we get the third picture. We get a much larger um, overview of, of what really works. Get, we get answers for tomorrow, you know, by combining the science sure. and the magic of today and yesterday. And some of the people that I have on are just so fun. I've talked to physicists and chemists and doctors and, and uh, shaman and <laughs> uh, Wiccan and just, you know, anybody that's top in their field. And then we bounce back and forth. How do these two come together, science and magic? And it's, it's very exciting, the results we're having. How do science and magic come together? That seems to be uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, during this, the like I said, we cyclically move through through the galaxy, mm-hmm. and there's lower frequency times as well as high frequency times. And in the low frequency times, we don't have direct access to to uh, quantum level information, and so things become very dogmatic. Well, we know that religion got dogmatic, and we certainly know that uh, magic got dogmatic. Mm-hmm. It just be, you started worshiping the rituals, not what they were trying to accomplish. Well, science got dogmatic too, and so if you expand 
the uh, potential of any of them, they're going to come together. And that's where we're going now. Do you think it's time that the people here in the 21st century reevaluate the need for religious philosophies? I do. I do. Uh, I, if somebody needs their religious philosophies, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think imposing them on each other is, um, is an abomination. But where do we draw the line where a freedom is and where, you know, forcing a religion onto another person is? That's a tough line, isn't it? You know, I, I, I've always, one of my strongest things in shamanism or anything else we do mm-hmm. is that five basic laws. You never work without permission. You don't work away against the way life works. You don't impose energy where it doesn't belong. You don't take energy away from where it does belong, and you do no harm. If with any practice you can stay within those laws, I think you're going to stay clean. If the ancients were the originators of this philosophy that, that you and other people are now bringing forth and have been for years— why did this philosophy get lost? Why, have, I, why haven't the, the practitioners and their, their tribes, their cultures, why haven't they become the strongest instead of the I weakest? Yeah, I think there's several factors to that. One is that when we moved out of the last time of enlightenment or the last time of high-frequency light, the access to this, these powers and this information became limited, number one. Number two, anytime a uh, conquering nation takes over another, the first thing they target is their, their shaman. The first thing they target, because that's what empowers the individual, so they try to take them out. And there's been genocide on shaman like you can't believe. So, But that was allowed to happen during the long, dark period, too. So I think it's a cyclic thing that kind of naturally, even though it's not very fun, occurs. But once again, wouldn't the shaman have had the knowledge that this was going to happen, and could they have not prevented it somehow? You can't hold back the river. That's but what they dams did are hold, for. They did lock and hold the information. And now as, as, the, as we're coming back into a time of enlightenment, mm-hmm. the, inner, the information can be brought back together, put the p- p- puzzle back together, and truth can be known on, a, on, a, on a, I think, a grander scale, if you will. I don't know if I agree with that. Because you can always divert a river to avoid danger. You can build a dam to block a river. And you can light a candle to hold off the night, but it's still going to be dark. Right. But the sun is going to come up in the morning. We all know this. So is it possible that there, there is an element of this that we are just not clicking on yet? Oh, absolutely. I think there is. I, 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 don't, I don't profess to mm-hmm. have all the answers. I think we're going to be amazed by what's uncovered in the next 10 years. It's going to be a wonderful time. Yes, it is. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, my dear. Okay, they can always go to either of my websites, uh, thescienceofmagic.net or findyourpathhome.com. They can also email me at information at findyourpathhome.com or, excuse me, touch in at findyourpathhome.com or info at thescienceofmagic.net. I look forward to hearing from them. Grilda, as always, a great pleasure talking to you. Uh, You make a lot of sense out of out of the material that I'm sure a lot of people would say, what? Journeying? <laughs> Shamanic? Mind? Body? Soul? What? Frequency? Energy? What? <laughs> and you've done great within this last hour. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and as always, take care of yourself, my friend. And keep the thank great you. work up. You, my thank dear, you so are the candle in the night.
Oh, thank you. Gwilda Wiak has been our guest, and if you'd like to get more information about Gwilda, here's two websites, www. Got your pencil ready? All right. TheScienceOfMagic.net. That's www.TheScienceOfMagic.net and www.FindYourPathHome.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send an email, Exome at com on all social media sites, TV, And check out our broadcast schedule at XZBN.net. 